0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp online therapy. Being your
1: best self feels good for your loved ones and for you. Visit BetterHelp.com/gen2gen and get back to being you. Episode of uh, Gen to Gen. My name is Matthew Espinosa.
2: This is Eric Griffin.
0: We are with the lovely guest, Doug Allen. I guess I'm the older generation. I yeah, guess. yeah, so that's Jesus. us. Yeah. Well, what is your guys' age difference? I feel yeah. like. Where you at? Go ahead. You 53 go first. Fifty three and uh, five oh, we're, close. we're close. Yeah, I'm forty. Yeah. I'm forty
2: nine. We're in. A, we're in the thing. Because I've had. I'm, I'm sick of his young pups that come in all the time. It's just all this, like and everything's like. Oh, we don't know what Voltron is.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> Stuff like that. So it's yeah, good I mean, to have. Somebody. I still don't know. <laughs> what is <a> Voltron? <laughs> I'm not even sure I do. But yeah. I'm doing a am doing cartoon. a podcast with a young uh, co-host now too. So it's oh. funny when I ask her like, Have you seen this movie? And she doesn't it, know no, what? what I'm talking about. It's weird. Well, what is what is your age difference between you and your guests? Or so your uh, co host. Breezy mean. is uh thirty-three maybe. She's okay. on the show uh, All American on CW, but yes. um, Oof. so it's like twenty years, but she's great. She's amazing. Yeah, she's yeah. Awesome. she was on the That's Empire, how I feel too, about she, this one. Yeah. You know,
2: but but you know, it is weird. it, it is weird like uh because I always say like our, our this generation we're in, we we've seen like the greatest amount of change technologically. Yeah. Than, than they have, you yeah. know, and then so that's why we look back and we'd be like, oh, I had a rotary phone. I had like a, you know, it's it wild. was a black and white. T- I had a black and white TV when I was a kid. I remember yeah. when
0: my parents got a, my mom got a, bl- a color TV, and I was like mind blown. Yeah, you a know? Color TV. I had my father got the first remote control. D- it was it was literally this this thing that you jammed on the like a TV used to have to walk up and turn the channel. There was the dial. two, four, seven yeah. the dial. So this was yeah. like a mechanical thing that went on there, and you'd press the button and it would go and like turn it very slowly and you're like, oh my God, this is the sickest thing I've ever it's seen in my life. This unbelievable. I never have to get up again. <laughs> you know? And then we had the bunny rabbit ears. Oh, yeah. Were the,
1: was the remote control connected to the TV? Like, was it like a wire that connected to The first to one was. I am talking
0: before this. This is way, this is, you know, wires and everything. Then yeah, yeah, cable yeah. comes out, which was a big wire with this big box, which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there were like 30 channels, and none of them had anything on anything, you know? Remember on TV? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like, just some, no- there's just, when you look back on some of the nonsense that, I, I, I feel like we went through a lot of, like, really terrible inventions. Yeah, but or it you- got us here. Yeah, but it got well. us <laughs> here.
0: I mean ESPN. <laughs> think what ESPN was 30 years ago. Oh, like how are, you're watching bullfighting at like three in the morning. And, you know, and you're really? like what is this now? It's you know now it's you know the NFL, which now probably Barstool will five years will take over the NFL. Yeah. You know, so it's wild.
1: Wow, that is actually crazy. to think about because Barstool, especially, they've taken so many different avenues. Yeah, that's in that space.
0: Yep. Well, wow. I remember,
2: but like in other countries, though. I mean, you travel a lot, right? I mean, I used to before well, the world ended. Right. Yeah. Well, I still travel a lot for stand-up. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially when I go to Canada and I look at their sports network and the nonsense that they show on a <laughs> daily basis – Yeah. You know, you know we, we're we we're very much about the major sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be basketball, football, football first, basketball, then baseball if it's the playoffs or something, and then we go down from there. You'll look at You'll be in Canada, and it'll be like, in the Batminton Championships or, like, you know, first round of the Batminton, like, t- tournament. But ESPN, like,
0: what? 30 years ago, you would have been lucky to have badminton Championships. <laughs> I'm serious, though. I mean, just remember what used to be on there. And, yeah, yeah, I, and yeah, I was yeah. like, what are they doing with this thing? And then they, you know, they did what they did, and it worked. So.
1: Well, uh, for everyone who uh, might not know Doug Ellen, which is honestly not that many people. I feel like uh, everyone would know. There's plenty of people who have no yeah,
0: idea. Yeah, maybe your fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? maybe from my
1: generation, <laughs> yeah. maybe. But um, creator of Entourage, I remember actually when I was probably around six years old, seven years old, we didn't have the HBO channel. We didn't have it uh, uh, bought, I guess, because yeah. you have to buy it. Yeah. And I always remember... <laughs> I. I don't know. Okay. You don't have to laugh. <laughs> um, I actually remember all the times when I'm like going through channels, I would always see the, the word entourage. I don't, I never remembered any other show name except always seeing the word entourage. Right. And I never knew what it was because I could never see. You'd have to buy the channel. And I'm like six. So I'm not going to go and buy right. yeah, a channel. So I never knew what it was. And I'm thinking that it was maybe something like. Um, what uh, did you think it was? I don't know. Something not a TV show, maybe on like the other side of things where it was um, a kid really shouldn't see it. You know what I'm saying? He shouldn't.
0: A six-year-old should not. A 6 year old should not 6 year old yeah, (laughs) shouldn't.
1: But but moving forward, uh, 10 years later, uh, around nine years later, I end up moving to um, Los Angeles and um, running around, doing my thing, doing auditions, all this stuff. All of a sudden, you
0: realize you're Vince. Yeah.
1: I swear within the first month, three God. different people told me, they were like, have you seen Entourage? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen Entourage. They're like, oh, my gosh, man, you remind me of Vinny. Like, you got you to gotta check it out. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then it was the third person that told me. I was like, okay, I'm going to see what they're talking yeah. about. When, and then I just was hooked. I've now seen it like five times every episode. Thank you. I appreciate
2: it. It is that. amazing. When did you feel like you had something special?
0: Um, I'm like a neurotic negative Jew, so I never feel that way. I mean, you know, (laughs) it's not about hating it. It's like, you know, I made I made two movies before Entourage both sold to studios. I thought my life was set. Then they come out. They don't do well. People torture you and you're like, Jesus. Okay. But Entourage critically, we were really well received uh, instantaneously. And then, you know, TiVo was just coming out, which was recording things at different times. So ratings Mm -hmm. were hard to see. So me, I was walking around the whole first season, like ready to And then uh, when Chris Albrecht, the head of HBO, called me and said, yo, how you feeling? I'm like, I feel like What do you mean? Like, our numbers are, like, down from Sex and the City? He goes, no, they're not. Like, people are watching it at different times and in groups of people. He goes, it's all good. But I've never been a person who sits around and goes, oh, we got something great here. But, you know, when I got my cast together, I felt like we could do something good. That's good. You know, it's funny you
2: say that about TiVo and stuff. You know, I think they always lied to us about the ability to track what people were watching. Mm -hmm. And the moment I knew that is when Janet Jackson's titty popped out at the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because they said it was the most T thing. And I go, well, how do you know that? Yeah. So, right. yeah, how do, you, how do you know it was the yeah. most T thing? Right. So I think they always had the ability to be like, oh, we know who's watching what. Right. They just don't want us to know that. Yeah. They don't want a creator of a show to know, hey, you know, you're doing really good. Yeah. yeah. They don't, they don't <laughs> want you to know that. They're not going to give you that juice. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to give you then that you're sauce. You're going to come back and be like, on the renegotiation, hey, remember how we're doing
0: really well? They're yeah. Like, yeah. Something you told me. <laughs> but, you know, the biggest thing for Entourage was we felt the word of mouth. You'd be sitting in a restaurant and yeah, hear yeah. someone talking about it. Or, yeah. you know, when I started walking around with the guys and all of a sudden people were screaming at them. And, and we were like, holy shit. Because we didn't know what was really happening out there. But it was, it was mm-hmm. cool, so. Well speaking of the casting process, what
1: was that like? Did you have one person in mind? Did you have and then I had, it
0: kind of came together? I had Jeremy Piven written into my first outline before I ever wrote anything. So, as Ari, as Ari gotcha. before he wasn't even Ari, he was Jeff Jacobs who was my agent at the time before I ever met Ari. It was I didn't meet mm-hmm. Ari until I was pitching the show at HBO and I met the real Ari, Emanuel, who, you know, is head at William Morris and mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy is like a whole other level of a character." And Jeremy, you know, I saw him on Larry Sanders and all the things he'd done before, and I wanted him. But the rest of the guys, they all just came in and auditioned. And, um, yeah. you know, it took – it was six months. HBO, the best thing about HBO, especially back then, was you don't need to rush, find the perfect cast, don't start until you're ready, and and that's what we did. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you I feel like the times have changed
1: where now people are in more of a, a rush to get things out? Take away everything that's been going on over the past year. Do you think productions in general – because obviously there's a lot more production companies just – popping up every other day. Um, do you think the casting processes have changed with the that? The
0: biggest difference I see in the casting process is 10 years ago, 15 years ago, TV was about a writer. And movies were about a movie star. Now TV is about getting a movie star onto your TV yeah. show. And so now it's like, okay, we let's go get Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and we have a show, as opposed to we have a great script, let's go cast it. So, um, you know, there's more content than ever, so that's great. But mm-hmm. I think everybody... It's got so many options that people have to find ways to get people to look at it. Now, do you have do you have
2: a little contempt for the business sometimes? About like I mean I always had con-
0: I always had contempt for the business, and I think that's why Entourage was successful because I wrote it from a place of me being an outsider from New York who really does hate the business and always did. And even in success, I couldn't stand most of the people in it. And I still feel the same
2: way. Yeah, I was I could feel that. I mean, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I just did a pilot. Um, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, which was like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you know, we, we the, the audition testing, the whole process was done by Zoom. Right. First time I met the cast and anybody was when, yeah. we, when we shot. Yeah, but just like I just felt like through that whole process, it was just like the 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 needling at the thing with the like the notes and the yeah. all this stuff. Because I feel like like some a, a network comes to you and says you you here's a show. You go you go here's my show and they go we love this, we want you to make it. I wish they would just
0: go, let you make it, yeah, and then come and they could be like, well, we like this or don't like yeah. it. I mean, look, I get the it's a business and everybody's got their jobs and, and jobs are on the line. When you're going to sp- make a TV show and you're going to spend 10 to 50 million bucks on it, obviously there's a lot of people who are going to have opinions on it, but- it's a lot of time wasting and it's a lot of <laughs> not trusting in the yeah. people that you hire, which again, everybody's got to do the job the way they do. So I'm not going to necessarily judge them, but no, I do not like it. So yeah. yeah, yeah neither well, do I. <laughs> speaking of that, what
1: do you think was the biggest issue with entourage? Do you think like that you, f- that you felt like you faced, was it, um, dealing with the people? Cause like you said, you came from East coast, West coast, I'm from East coast as well. So I'm new to this whole world as well. So, do you think that was one of the more bigger issues or smaller issues that you had to face? Was the actual business aspect of well, it? Well, I mean, in
0: creating the show, um, and again, I, I love everybody who was there at the time at HBO. So, mm-hmm. and I get it. I'd never run a show. I'd made two movies that sold, and and they didn't perform particularly well at the box office, but they were independent movies. But what were um, the movies? Could you mentioned it twice. One was called Fat Beach. One was called Kissing a Fool, and and right. you know, both still play around the world, and they were both independent and made money for the people who put up the money but anyway my point is is that they you know they noted me to death and it went on and on and on and i probably did a year and a half of changing that script over and over prior
1: to it even getting first season shot
0: prior no first season they start with a pilot then you wait and see if your pilot gets picked up um so I, i it was a long dragged out process and uh it was conflicting notes from lots of people but at the end of the day we got it where it needed to be and and that was it Really, it was after that that my problem started when I was doing my next show and started getting notes from everybody again as if I'd never done anything. And that's, you know, like I said, they have their jobs to do and they have to do it. And and in my mind, they're a, an obstacle to what I would like to <laughs> you do. You know, I think it's so funny. It would
2: be like if I want to build a house and you're my architect and, I, and you give me a design of the house and I go, love it. And then you start building the house. And in the building of this house, I go, hey, can we move the den? Yeah. Maybe can we go with like But that but that <laughs> does happen. I know, but this is what happens yeah. though. But this is what happens. At the end, I see this house and I go, "Ah, oh, I don't like this." Yeah. And you go, "Yeah, you don't like it?" Yeah. Cuz you ruined it in right. the making <laughs> process. <laughs>
0: You would have just let me
2: build the house that you said you wanted.
0: Right. But at the same time the people who are paying they get to decide yeah, what yeah, they want to yeah, do yeah, and, yeah. and you have to deal with that if you if you want to be in the business but you're asking me if I like it no yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. So. so how did you
1: get the idea in the first place? So Mark
0: Wahlberg brought it to me He, you know used it was about follow. him right? It w- I mean it started loosely inspired oh, yeah. by him for sure mm-hmm. you know but Mark, uh, Mark used to follow his friends around with a camera and uh, he was like we want to do the show about that there wasn't much more to it than that and mm. then we started figuring out it was and then when we try to cast it yeah we couldn't find mark Wahlberg. Like yeah. walbert looked <laughs> hard and adrian was great but a completely different type and then yeah. you know mark was great enough to go i said listen i need to you know and I, I he it was great that he trusted me unlike some executives do he trusted me but i said i need to make it new yorkers i need to kind of write about what i know and and he let me go so that was great but it was definitely inspired by mark and started with him
1: yeah, because he's from Boston, Boston. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why, because I, I, had, I had heard that. I'm like, oh, some people said it was about this person's life and this person's life. And then I heard a lot that it was about Mark Wahlberg's life. And I was like, oh, but these guys are from New York and he's from Boston. Yeah. So I, I've always I wondered mean, I that. mean, there's a it's whole bunch really of people.
2: Dudes, like, yeah. you know, dudes that like grew up together. And then when one guy gets famous and he keeps them
0: with, I mean, yeah. that, you know what I mean?
2: That's that's. Uh, that's I mean, really what story. it was,
0: they wanted, you know... I don't know about the Hollywood stuff. What me, what I, what got me excited about it was about friendship. And at the time, this is before the hangover. This is before all of Judd Apatow's movies. Mm -hmm. I was like, there really aren't any shows where guys talk like guys, which it's funny now because before that, when there was animal house and porkies, there were all these things. And then that went out of favor and people said, we can't talk like that. That's bad. So then entourage came out and everybody was like, Holy shit. This is how people really talk. And then all mm-hmm. those movies came out. And now it's kind of gone back where people are I, like, you can't talk like this. I was going to say, here? in
2: this climate we are now, you think Entourage could be made? If you well, were starting now.
0: The exact script? Yeah. It's not a shot in hell. No. Yeah, yeah. Zero percent chance it could be yeah. made now. Now, what will happen in five years, even in the last three years, you know, I'm doing this podcast, Victory the Podcast, with two of the guys from Entourage. Yeah. And I feel that the 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 change is really happening now, and the younger generation is finding it. And they're starting to realize, like, Wait, why are people saying this is so horrible while well, Squid Games is marketed to nine-year-olds and they're executing 50 people in the first five minutes? Right. So I think people are starting to go. Because killing people is different from hurting their feelings. Yes. And, and, you know, it's like, to me, art, and again, Squid Games, like it or not, I'm not even judging whether you like it. I just know that kids are watching it. Right. Yes, yeah. right. yeah. one of the most violent things I've ever seen. But you kids know?
2: shouldn't even be watching. But if You think about, like, Hunger Games... It's a kid's thing, and yeah. it was like, you know, kids are getting killed. I yeah, mean, kids like, you know killing I mean? kids. It's just like, what? It's <laughs> yeah.
1: like, yeah, there's, yeah. There, but, there is there's a weird line with when, when we draw
0: lines. Yeah, but for me, art should be as authentic to the people who are making it as possible. And then- Adults should decide whether their children are allowed to watch it or not. Mm -hmm. And everybody else should be responsible enough to decide what they could do. See, that's our generation. You're
2: talking like you're talking. It sounds it's common sense. It's like we're saying, like, that's why we have ratings. If I says rated R, it means like this is adult content. But these young people. They they, they they even when they say, Well, yeah, I know you have rated R on it, but yes, but you made fun of a fat girl and we've have, you know, it's like all of these kinds of things that there's no context. Yeah. There's no you know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're sitting here from this thing being like, Oh, come on. That's the, the our excuse that's how we want to say it. we just want to go, Come on, really? And then they're going, Well, people have feelings and blah 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 blah. So yeah. now now we're stuck at this point where there's no art. Yeah. Like, you know, it's or it's very hard to
0: yeah. please I'm, everyone. I mean, listen, I think, you know Chappelle's the real, obvious. I was about to say Chappelle. He's I mean, still pushing those. He's the best example. And this is the first time he's kind of in a controversy. But to me, the people that are yelling, and, and look, some things are good. It's it's good. Honestly, there's words on Entourage I would never write again. Not because it's mm-hmm. PC, because I've evolved and because the world right. has evolved. The mm-hmm. words that I said as a kid that were meant to be harmless, I now understand the effect they may have on somebody else. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a f- yeah. moron. But... Yeah. When Chappelle talks about the things that he talks about in these brilliant ways and is, is able to layer it in and then people still want to come after him and try to censor him, it, it, it's horrifying, you know? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you know, you get a sense of like, I think, I, I, I think it's our
2: job as an artist to, is to make a choice whether we want to say something harshly to yeah. make our point yeah. or if we want to soften it to really have a biting point. like it can, yeah. Sometimes I think it can bite harder yeah. when it's when it's softer because sometimes the message gets lost in the delivery.
0: Well, well, yeah. to me, and I'm not saying I'm um, in a level of Chappelle, but I don't think about it. I grow how I grow and I say what I say. As I told you guys before we started, I'm currently suspended from Instagram for God knows what. So I'm definitely not shy or quiet, at the same time, I understand when the, the line is crossed, but some people may not get that. But I don't spend a lot of time going, I'm going to write this so it's right, right. not crossing that line. And I think good art will never come out of something like that. Yeah, you know? what, what, what would be
2: like your, what's a passion project for you? Like, what would be the thing that you go, I would love to be able to make this? What would that be?
0: You know what? It doesn't even exist for me anymore. I really wow, doesn't. They beat I've, you down that much. It's, huh? it's, <laughs> not that I'm, it, it's not that I'm beat down. I, I'm really like I'm actually doing podcasts now, and honestly, that's my passion. I started out as a stand up, which uh-huh. the anxiety of that was such torture to me. I get it. I, I could I, never do that. You know, it's, I could never do stand up. It's tough, but it's good for everything else, and it's kind of mm-hmm. all writing stand up. It's all led me to. To this place yeah. where mm-hmm. I can talk freely and I don't have to worry about answering to anybody. But passion projects that I grew up on making movies and this it doesn't it doesn't really interest me that much anymore. So. Got gotcha. you. So you don't really. So then you okay. I, I like that. But you sound like a man who's happy uh, right now. I am for the moment. I'd like yeah. to get up back on Instagram so I could promote what I'm doing. <laughs> but you know well, other than right, that, right. you know I'm happy.
1: So you have shifted more um, away from TV and film to focus more on the podcast space. I
0: mean, to be honest with you, I shifted a long time ago after mm-hmm. Entourage. I had another show i did with michael rapaport michael imperioli and eddie burns and i think it was a great show and i was excited but at the same time i was like do i want to grind another 10 years of my life away on a show that i never could have imagined hbo wasn't going to let me do but at Mm -hmm. the same time i was like do i really want to do it so i have not fought everyone's like why don't you do another show this i have not fought to do it because i just i don't love all of the things that go along with it so Mm -hmm. um i wish this Avenue was available earlier because I do feel like I get to do everything that I like to do in this manner. So, you know, I feel good. I totally get it. I mean, it's like I've been on like workaholics. I I just went
2: to a destination wedding. Adam Devine got married. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I was in Cabo. It was beautiful. I actually, (laughs) I'm all about destination weddings now. I actually want to like look, go to like whatever hotel resort, I want to like get a list of like who's coming to do a wedding. Like, then I want to try to befriend those people. <laughs> you know just hit I mean? them so up. Most. Just get on the list Yeah, right so I can get it. that discount. I mean, Same. it's like. It's a wedding
0: crashes sequel. <laughs> you
2: know <laughs> what I mean? But anyways, you know, and it was like, I was just kind of talking with them. And I thought about it. Like, even workaholics never could be made now. You yeah. Know? I
0: mean, a lot. Of, look, Eddie. It, I grew up. Eddie Murphy was my idol. Yeah, Richard Pryor. Go watch Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Go watch Raw. I mean, the things he says in that are a hundred times worse <laughs> than anything you're ever going to hear on Entourage. But. Everything back at the time, and and look, as a 11 year old, I knew every syllable of that. Me, thing. too, man. And I never, you <laughs> it's know. why I became a stand up.
2: Because I used Eddie? to, be, well, yes, I used to be able to do every little nuance in Raw, Ice Cream Man. Yeah, I just, I used to be able to say it, and I loved it so much. And I was like, I want to do this, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, it's crazy, you know. I always say, like, if your parents. This is this is funny that we're talking generationally, and that's what this show is about, gen to gen. But if I, I think about like my mom, I think about like any parent. If your parent is over seventy, they're probably racist, yeah. you know. And it's yeah. just a thing, yeah. like it's not and not like you know hateful.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: just their vernacular and things that they said back in that day. Yeah. If they, if they would say it now, like my mom has dementia, you know, and she's reliving old beefs on Instagram on Facebook, right? And the things that she says is like this is what that was okay yeah or or maybe it wasn't okay but you know it was like a word play that you just go my you can't say this yeah i
0: mean Mm -hmm. look the way i grew up was like i grew up in a neighborhood with jews italians and irish and everybody talked about everybody it was oh the, the italians are the mob the irish are drunks the jews are taking everybody's money i mean that's just what it was and i think it's a better world that everybody tries to uh think what they're saying and not say stupid generalizations but at the same time to me right now we're segregating us back where we were 30 years ago i think it's getting absolutely like i i really did believe 10 years ago there was a time where we would not be like oh my friend's coming over who's your friend oh you know the black guy like i believed we would get to a place where my friend jeff's coming over and nobody was thinking about it that to me is not gonna happen in my lifetime at the
2: same time though you know it's like there there is a time and place for that you know it's like you know. I always say like if uh, like you're describing someone, you describe them. Yeah. Like, but like if, if they were robbing a liquor store and the cops came and said, "Hey, what does that person look like?" You're not gonna be like, "Oh, they were calorically challenged, uh, a pigment." You know, you'd be like, "It's a fat black dude. He had a beard and what you would you would say these yeah. things." And in certain cases, it's like it, it doesn't mean that you're racist. Yeah. That's the thing that I take offense. I mean, I to. feel like
1: there's a difference between <laughs> descriptions and racism. You know, I, like well, not the, on the internet.
0: Context is everything. <laughs> context is everything. Is like, and like what's you your, said, what, what's what's behind what you're trying to say? And you know, that's why you know some of the stuff people talk about in Entourage, where Ari would say things. At the end of the day, if you remember, Ari and Lloyd, Ari loved Lloyd. He mm-hmm. said some stupid. Again, I probably nobody would say it. People got can entourage be made today? Nobody would talk like that in an office today because they would be fired in about forty five seconds. As, but as they should. Be. But yeah, I mean, and and again, uh, hopefully there'll be a world where nobody thinks those things. But mm-hmm. what he was was a character who uh, abused everybody, you yeah. know, no matter what their background was, and. Is he from another generation? Probably. And hopefully we'll get to a better place where people find other ways to be funny. But at the time, you know, it's funny to look back on, you know, like, you know, we were like, you know, the the Emmy nominated show every year, the Mm -hmm. show that the New York Times was writing was realistic. And what I was doing was reflecting what Hollywood was in 2000. In that time. Yeah. yeah. So if you
1: were to do a reboot, obviously it would. Well, Most likely reflect 2021. Be, no, it, would, it
2: would be like John Gruden. What's happening to him right now? It would be like huh? an Ari email from 10 years ago would come out where he's saying things to Lloyd and he would be like on the t-
0: chopping block N- because of that. Now, again, Gruden's <laughs> email is different because Gruden's email, and I, I'm not looking to go on to Gruden. You know what's happening with him? I, he's the coach of the Raiders. He's coach of the Raiders. I, I, the Raiders. I mean, uh, Gruden's email was, was a racist comment behind someone's back. Ari was a guy who would talk directly to you and say shit that might have been wrong and stupid. But again, I'm not Ari, so the fact that I ever have to defend anything defend I wrote, something anyway you wrote is like yeah. idiotic. Why not why not say, well, you also wrote this character who was a really nice female who cared about everybody. So when someone's writing characters, it's irrelevant to what they're saying. If you don't like that character, that's fine. But I don't think you you go back and start talking about the writer. And again, I find it it extremely weird that Entourage has become this kind of poster child for stuff. And thinks, again, I, I, I like Squid Games. I don't like that mm-hmm. it's, m- like, marketed to 10-year-olds. But I like the show. But I'm saying, you know, we need to look at what's happening. And, you know, right right when Entourage was coming out, Jordan Belfort's a friend of mine, and Wolf of Wall Street was coming out. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I watched that movie, which every critic in the world, and I love it, by the way, but mm-hmm. every critic in the world was like, what a f- Great movie. I'm like it's Entourage on steroids, and these guys are actually bad people. Like in the show, <laughs> the guys yeah, taking husband. money
1: from other people, taking <laughs> money
0: from other people, abusing little people, doing this. Like the Entourage guys were actually really good people who cared about their friends and cared mm-hmm. about loyalty and cared about family. So you know, but you again. know what I always wondered about Wolf of Wall Street is that did they pay
2: that actress ten thousand dollars to cut her hair? Yeah, well, I don't know. It's a good question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then it would be like, uh, you know, all right, you know, because that would be great if they did. Yeah. You know what if I mean? If they
1: actually gave her that 10K, yeah, that yeah, scene. they in gave the, the that actress
2: 10,000, you know what I mean? But uh, what, did they? Well, did, the
1: was whole,
0: she making a day rate? The whole budget.
2: <laughs> did she get her day rate? <laughs>
0: the whole you know budget I mean? of that movie was stolen from the Malaysian people, so uh, they probably paid everybody a lot extra than they should have. It was like a $150 million budget on that movie, and the, the producer's been on the lam for, like, Decade now. Oh really? Oh, yeah. oh what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. Wow. I did wow, I did not
1: know that. Yeah. Fall can be hectic, but HelloFresh's recipes save time you'd otherwise spend on meal prepping, grocery shopping, and shopping, so you can focus on getting back into a new routine and spending quality time with the family. HelloFresh offers fifty menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian, calorie smart, and gourmet options providing plenty of variety. Being able to have HelloFresh meals is just so amazing because you don't have to spend any time cooking. You just pop it in and pop it out and pop it in your mouth. You know, at the end of the day, the meals are amazing. It makes cooking so easy, so fast, and it saves you so much time, especially on those busy weeknights. So thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. You guys can go to HelloFresh.com slash Gen2Gen14 and use code Gen2Gen14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash Gen2Gen14 and use code Gen2Gen14. For up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Sorry to uh have a commercial break, but I need to tell you guys really quickly about Hoobie. That is H-O-O-B-E. It is the new invite-only link in bio platform that you've been seeing everywhere on the internet i've had it in my bio it's been in gen gen's bio for a long time now so be sure to check it out HOO.be on instagram they're doing a bunch of cool stuff and if you want to get in early potentially there's a waitlist that you can hop on now it is ho.be slash waitlist slash matthew again that is Hooby slash waitlist slash matthew thank you again Hooby, for sponsoring this episode and a lot of the previous episodes you guys have been absolutely amazing. I also did an awesome little interview on their page as well, so be sure to check it out. Anyways, thank you again, Hoobie. See you later. Um, so you said you got started off in stand-up. So when did you make that shift to writing and why did you make that shift to writing? You just said you didn't like stand-up? So I
0: really had no idea what I was doing. I How old were you at this point? Sorry 21, 22. Okay, I graduated cool. college. I uh, was supposed to go to law school and I woke up and I'm like, I'll kill myself if I'm in law school. <laughs> I told my parents I'm going to LA to do stand-up. I didn't know a single person here besides my... Did they I, disown you? Well, it was close. <laughs> you know, they, they gave me six months. I, I, you know, they gave me six months of a little bit of money, which, again, I, I appreciate that I had that, which yeah, is yeah, I'm lucky yeah. that I did. Mm-hmm. But I ended up uh, doing stand-up, and I'm working in the mailroom at New Line Cinema, and uh, I, hand, I I decided I want to make films. I'd never been on a film set. I'd never written a script. I didn't know anything. So I I raised... Uh, I. Basically, handed out flyers at New Line, said I'm doing a stand-up show to raise money, and I did my stand-up show. And Mike DeLuca, who was VP of New Line at the time, that was an Oscar-winning producer and then done a lot of great stuff. He came to the show and gave me ten thousand bucks out of his own pocket and said, "Go make your short film." I made it. I sold it to Showtime. Got into the American Film Institute, and I never did stand-up again. So, oh, wow. Because why would you? No, yeah. I mean, I wish no, I did. No, I wish. No, I, I, I get it, but stand-up is you
2: know. a. I think it, back in that era, yeah. stand-up was a means to an end. You know, it was like a. It was like you did stand up because you wanted to get your your movie and TV, yeah. and, and then well, you go into
0: that. I think that was part of my problem also with stand up. I came from like loving stand up comedy, uh-huh. and all the stand up comedians when I was I don't want to say coming up because I never got anywhere, but yeah. <laughs> but they were all looking for a sitcom, and I yes. was like, I love the the art form of stand up comedy, but. The anxiety of it, which I never, you know, I know as you probably can tell better than me, you got to learn how to get through that. And I never got to that place where I could get on stage without drinking, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so it, it, for me, it was a means to an end. And I even honestly, writing and creating a show was probably a means to an end. And whether I make any money doing podcasting or not, it is something that I like doing. So, you know. Well, that's- I mean, it's
2: great. To, I mean, just to your credit, man. I mean, just, you know, toot your horn. I mean, you, you know, you did something actually pretty amazing and you've set yourself up now hopefully that
0: you can do whatever the hell you want. Well that's you know that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I appreciate that but I grinded my ass away for oh, right, a decade right. and, yeah. and cost myself a marriage over this show and and I feel pretty good that I provided they don't come up with something that gets me to 130 140 I can live however I want right now so mm-hmm. that's exactly right and that that's the goal and 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 people say it all the time don't you want to make another show and I'm like I I kind of want all the rewards, but no, I yeah, don't really want to work. do all the shit it. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. don't. You're like Alan Iverson. We yeah, talk about practice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I can avoid practice and just play the game.
1: <laughs> well, do you think if you had like a? Did you write Entourage all by yourself, each episode, or you had other people?
0: I had I had a team. Rob Weiss, you guys, mm-hmm. uh, or you were on his podcast, yeah. and I had a few other people. You but, know, but the original though, it was your pilot. Was your pilot? Okay, pilot. Cool. and, and That's how uh, it usually works. You and I, and I I wrote a large portion of a lot of. Of what went through that show? I mean, a lot of it is my life, and you know, and Ari's Ari's son was played by my son, and his wife was based mm-hmm. on my wife, and you know, a lot of the stories from that show were really stories from my life. So I put a lot of of effort and time into it. You know, mm-hmm. I was super unaware until I I think it was the third time around when I was watching
1: all of it again, where I was like. I'd always I'd watch always the intro and I'm like man what does Doug even look like I never I never knew so I looked up I was like no way that's the guy from the casting rooms no way <laughs> yeah I noticed right away see I was like, that's
0: my desperate need for attention I put myself <laughs> in the show with Weiss by the way Weiss yeah, is in I there noticed too. he was the one on the phone right yeah yeah Weiss is, no Weiss no. was sitting next to him next to Larry Charles oh, also okay, okay. but you know I, I'm telling you like one of the greatest feelings I ever had was like I was nominated for an Emmy and Golden Globes and like after that episode aired I was at Fred Siegel, and like all these cute girls were like, you were an extra on Entourage last night. I was like, yes, and I love that. They, so, but
1: yeah, did yeah, they know you were the same one it that? Wrote they had it? no idea, no
0: idea. Wow. And I don't care. Like I that's always cool, see the thing is, is and and why podcasting is a good thing. I like performing, but I also don't like to leave my house. So I get to do both and just you know be mm-hmm. like this. So,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. So do you think writing played that role in you wanting to be in your house more, or do you think that if you maybe wanted to get in front of the camera, you'd have this? Um, automatic need to go out of your house all the time and do all these different projects or do you think just because you like writing? I
0: think because I'm such an anti-social person I started writing. I Got don't think it. that okay. was ever the thing that I was okay. really meant to do to be honest I with you. I think and, that's you know, me right now personally. <laughs> I mean honestly I'm like such an anti, not anti I'm, a, I'm actually like I have a lot of friends but I'm very good with this whole new texting world I'm great texting with my friends. They're like we're going to Vegas next week and I'm like nah I don't need to go to Vegas with you. I'll just you guys let me know how it is i'll mm-hmm. stay with my girlfriend and i'll vicariously
1: time, you know? live through y'all's yeah. life and over honestly, videos and pictures y'all send me and
0: that's why everyone always asks entourage Oh, well, you must have lived that life no i observed other people living that life and i mm. really watched it and that's what great comedians do again i'm not saying i'm a great comedian or everyone <laughs> but that's what you do you watch other people you find things that are interesting about that angle and that's why i was and why it's so frustrating when i ever hear anything about entourage I got this town down like to a science, and everyone who was in this town at the time knew it, and that's why everyone was fans of it, and that's mm-hmm. why agents were so happy about it. That's why the real Ari was so thrilled to be I'm Ari Gold, you yeah, know? like and mm-hmm. uh, and and to see. The, one of the great things about podcasting is you can change that legacy, and you can get people to understand. There's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes to understand how these things end up where they are. You know, well, mm-hmm. I, well, I would say too that you know
2: as a stand up and I've been doing it for a long time, um, you know, what you're doing is in a very much an enhanced version of that. Like, you know, like a lot of times when you're on stage, you're 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 acting, you know, but this you're not that person. Yeah. You're, you're a heightened version of yourself and your and your your scene partner is the crowd. You know what I mean? And you're listening and all that. So I mean it's, it's this is just a different version yeah. of like that and, and actually a more advanced version. Yeah. So you know, again, you know, it it's, combines it's a, all of it. It and, really know, does. And, you
0: know, when you're doing a podcast, which you're learning as you go, as I am, you know, uh, listening, just like acting, is such an important thing. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why this thing is so good, for me, most people don't listen. And you can find, you're sitting at a table with people, and you're like, God, nobody f- listens to a word anyone says. They all just want to talk. And I like this format because for whatever reason, humans, when they have a mic in front of them, they go, I should probably try not to interrupt over and over and over. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's it's that doesn't always work. I interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it also
1: I feel like it also depends on which guests you have on at that time and how close you are with them and that rapport, you know, having that back and forth like if he's saying something or if I'm saying something he doesn't like, he's going to be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm going to put a pin in that so I can address this nonsense. That's the actual quote he said. (laughs) So, um, no, but I I agree. I think it's, you know, I'm learning because at the end of the day, this is – still my first 10 episodes I've ever done ever in and You both have done a lot more doing than a good me job. and yeah. I'm, I'm
0: trying. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, but oh, I did. mean, it's great that you're starting at this age and you're like, you're doing something that I, again, I don't know what you want to do. You got a lot of followers and you got a lot of opportunities that will come, which is, you know, Like Wahlberg started out as, you know, he he was doing an underwear models and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. he's nominated for Academy Awards because he's great and he works his ass off. But it's about taking those opportunities, getting better, getting experience at whatever it is you want to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, like again, it's like, you
2: know, instead of thinking of things thinking of things as like a means to an end. It's more like you're thinking about things as like, this is just another road. Or like I, I used this to calip- catapult myself into this other thing. And he's a great example of that. You know, just, yeah. you know, rapper, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? And then, like, uh, I remember that movie he did with Reese, Weather- was it Reese? Yeah, Weathers? Fear. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that was the first time, and it reminded me, actually, of when Will Smith did that movie um, uh, where he played, like, the, the con man. He was gay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot yeah. the name of that one. Yeah. Six degrees of separation, and I remember it's like you start to see someone in a different light. Yeah, you know, and that's all that it really takes because you get typecast so easily in this town. Yeah, and like people like that, they're so dynamic, and they go like, "No, no, no, I'm also this now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be this." But what they have in common is work ethic. Yeah, is so important, and I think you know, for you and all the influences I've met and stuff. It'll be really interesting to see who's going to take it and turn it into something and who you're going to be talking about five years from now going, remember that guy who had 40 million followers? What the f*** happened to him? So mm-hmm. it is about, I believe, this town, and I've now seen it for 30 years, really maximizing your opportunities, finding what your talents are, and really honing them to the best of your ability. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel Rage. like, too,
1: like... <laughs> Also, understanding the times and and how they're changing because, like, you could work hard all the time, but if you're not innovating and understanding
2: which times are changing, absolutely, then you'll get lost. Yeah, well, a good analogy for that would be like it's like a baseball swing. You know, you might be swinging as hard as you can, or there might be a technique that you're using, and you might hit the ball, but someone can come to you and be like, you know what, if you swung it this way, you wouldn't need to use as much energy. So it's all about technique. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. Work smarter, uh, not harder. And And and, and, and
0: that is the key, but working hard still at the end of the day oh, yeah. you got to do it and i've see, seen mm. so many people that i came up with in this town who have just gone bye bye and they didn't want to work they wanted to yeah, be at yeah, the clubs yeah. every night and some people can get away with it because they have that much talent but most people have to work you know yeah, 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 yeah. or they didn't know they did they
2: just i think a lot of times people just don't know what to do you know, it's like there's no blueprint. <laughs> that's you know, the like, most difficult part you know, about it. Is like that look at your no story that you just said. You was like, I wanted to be a standup, but you met a guy yeah. who saw something in you, and he was like, "Here's ten grand and yeah. go do this." There's no blueprint for that. <laughs> yeah. You got people out here like, I gotta find a guy that's gonna give me ten grand. Where's he at?
0: <laughs> yeah, but but like I said, my blueprint was I went to film. I went to a, a UCLA screenwriting right, class at night. I wrote a script. I said I'm. I went into the mailroom and handed out flyers to people along with the mail. And I said, please come see me tonight and please give me money. Now they all could have said you suck and here's no money. So fortunately I had a little bit of talent at least that he saw and he was willing to do that.
2: So. Well, see, that's really important the distinction right there. You're saying, and that's, that's is important. It's like, the, you know, it's like when luck, when luck meets opportunity, you know, you have to be ready. Yeah. That's also, so what you're talking about is prepare yourself you know, take the writing classes, take the acting classes. T- you know, get, go to school, uh, do all the things that you need to do. So when an opportunity comes, you're not going to be like, well, what do I do? Yeah, because mm-hmm. that happens a yeah, lot. because yeah. that's what I think happens to certain people. They just go and with these influencers too. Yeah, they just go like, oh, oh, you got this many followers. Well, let's put them in a movie. And then they're in the movie and they they don't even know how to act or they don't know how to like well, do I, anything.
0: I had friends who were in sitcoms in you know the early two thousands, and I used to say to them, listen, I know it seems so easy but go tell your producer you want to direct an episode go get in the writer's room and learn how to do that even if you don't love it just learn all of the stuff that you can so you have as much Mm -hmm. ammunition to get where you want
1: yeah i mean i remember when i was on set for my first film i was asking every person what their job is and how they get into it i was every literally every person on set i would go up to and i was the lead and executive producer of the film so like Going up to the lighting guy or the key grip or whatever it may be, like, you're just asking them questions and how they got into it and all this stuff. Like, I just wanted to learn as much, and I still do want to learn as much about the business as possible. So I can also, it just makes me have an appreciation for it. It makes me feel like I'm on some football team or something, and like, everyone has to do their job, or this play won't happen. This touchdown can't even have the ability of making it even happen, because... No one's doing their job. So yeah. I just, by me asking everyone what they do and how they do it, when they got into it, it makes me have this greater appreciation for sets in general. Yeah, you and know? it also
0: gives you knowledge that yeah. you can hopefully use. You have no idea, like, you have no idea how much you're going to change in the next 10, 15 years and, and, and what the technology is going to change and what you might want to do. And I, I think that's why, like, we're talking about what's really changing in five years for all we know we're we're making a tv show here and distributing it ourselves, and we don't need anybody to give us notes and the audience will determine whether they like it or they don't like it. i feel it's funny i feel like they thought that was going to happen
2: you know i I feel like there was a time where they thought like there was a talk of like well man youtube's gonna take over tv and it's just like i think well you've never been on a set you know because it (laughs) you know two three guys in their garage with an iphone is not going to it's not going to well, take over well, there what is, all it look, took to do Entourage.
0: <laughs> of course not, but the first short film I made, which sold to Showtime and, you know, I had David Schwimmer before Friends and Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters and Johnny Silverman. You know, I that movie took me a year to get made with that money and editing. I could do it in an hour now. So right, right, right. you still have to have the talent, but the technology is going to keep moving in a way that I think you could make a movie in your garage where people go, wow, this is Well, you could. Good. With Because th- you had the work ethic and the thing you wanted yep. to do. I'm just saying, I yeah. just feel like there's, like, not, not the average Joe. Well, it's like everything else. I mean, right now, you know, I forget the podcast is like six million on Apple podcasts. So obviously not everybody has something to say that people want to listen to. And <laughs> there's six how, million pod I think dropped. it's there's something s- crazy like that. It is something what? crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> you know, and, and again, you have, it's why I say you have whatever millions of followers <laughs> oh you have, make sure you're giving them all the time that they want and figure out what's adjusting and what's changing because, you know, all of a sudden oh, you find like this well, guy, he's all about, I that, love it. Man.
2: That's the One of the things I, I admire. Like I wish I had known him twenty years ago. You know he wasn't mean? even born twenty years ago. You I was, years I was four years old. Or thing, I, or you I wish the, he was your child. Yeah, <laughs> I would <wish laughs> get I, okay, I would have fr- froze myself <laughs> and then waited for him to be like. You know what I mean? Just grow up and then they, Matt, just do it. Let's. What are we gonna do next? You know. I just I admire people like that. I mean, it's like, yeah. and that's it's, it's it's that thing. You know. I don't know what it is about. You know, the it factor type yeah. of thing. And it's like, and when you see a star, and and people can say whatever they want about, like, well, how that. Guy, or he only did it because of this or that some people got that thing man yeah it's that, like, have you ever watched like will smith's instagram yeah. mm-hmm. like he got it man yeah like there's something about will smith that if he if he wanted to sell like he, he would have been if it was if there was no hollywood yeah. he would have been like, one of those dudes that's like selling like insurance or right. and, and like everybody's trying to buy it or what yeah. you know what i mean well, even if funny. they
1: didn't like that insurance yeah, they yeah, just yeah. want to talk to him they want to buy it from him well
0: it's funny now how people dismiss influencers like what were supermodels like what <laughs> were they who built billion-dollar brands, whether they started clothing companies, and even if, whatever, if you're just good-looking, which I'm not saying that's what you are. If you're just good-looking, though, that's... It's a, right. it's a, <laughs> But it's a talent, yeah. similar to singing. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, God gave Problem. you this. Now, if you have a multiple other things, like a Mark Wahlberg had then great. You know was oh, a, a, a great example of that? And people hate
2: on this person all the time? Kim Kardashian. First of all, Kim, Kim Kardashian's, Kim Kardashian's
0: Kardashian. a brilliant girl. I mean, Dude,
2: killing it. Did you, know. you see her on SNL? Oh. I did not see. Oh, it, but now. I saw her Let me tell you something. Her opening monologue. She killed that opening monologue. Yeah. And I was like, "This is what I've been saying. This ain't a dummy. No, they, yeah, they didn't go from. Very smart. They, they, her whole family has a thing. The mom knew. They 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 parlayed a sex tape into a billion dollar Listen, when, it, when it happens
0: on accident, it. Doesn't last, you know. Exactly. And, and you know, I saw Kim with Letterman on that Netflix interview. I mean, she's a brilliant, she's a brilliant woman. Now, I, you know, I, could she have done it without the sex tape? I think she would have figured I, me out that way. You know? I think, I think a mom, I think they
2: all, they would have figured out yeah. something. I mean, Chris is a genius in it. general. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that you know, that's the kind of thing where you see where you go, like you, you know, you can be like whatever influencer or not
0: or whatever you think the, the stigma on the word influencer yeah. is starting to go away I think yeah of mm-hmm. course it is and you know? we'll see Addison Rae's got a movie coming out if you know i there's no reason that one of these kids that people love watching is not going to be a movie star. Just well, I think the funny
2: thing yeah. that Kim Kardashian, one of the things she said on her monologue, I thought was hilarious. She said, "You know, I'm, you know, I'm used to 365 million people watching me, <laughs> so I know uh, SNL has got about what 10. <laughs> it's so, so nuts. So, so this is a quiet, this is a little, you know, easy day for me. It's really crazy. And it it's re- right. It, it really yep. is the difference in what's important and what's not important yep. anymore. And it's like, so that's been, I think, a big change in the last 10 years. We've yep. talked about this before. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think 10 years ago or five years ago, influencers were very much about, like, how can I get into, get justified by Hollywood? And now they're just kind of like, I'm good. I'm going to go box now or I'm going to go do a podcast. I'm going to go do it again. It's all
0: the same shit of being acknowledged by these gatekeepers who get to, you know, decide (laughs) what they want. And now that's going away, you know? And it's not just this, you know, social justice movement that's doing it. It's these influencers going out there and going, you better take a look at us and you better. Before you miss everything, you
2: know? or even yeah. don't take a look at us, because we don't need you. Yeah. I
0: mean, I think that I think Hollywood ma- managers,
2: agents, and and the Hollywood establishment are trying so hard. They're desperately trying to c- catch these kids and yeah. be like, how can we monetize them for us? Yeah. And then these kids are starting to go like, hey man, I don't need you. Yeah. I don't, I, if you if the whole purpose of what you're doing is to make money and get people to watch, what do I need you for? I got that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what the, what the industry is going to look like in another 10 years, it's like, it's going to
0: be fascinating. I, I don't know what you, what do you think? What do you think's next? I think that's what I'm saying is next. I think you will have, again, a lot of people will make a lot of. Sh- but I think people will make and distribute their own stuff and they mm-hmm. won't have to answer to people and audiences will either come or they won't. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting cheaper and cheaper to make things. It's uh, you know, the iPhone, you know, like it looks it's better really than the things, you know, than yeah, they shut up film ten years ago. So
1: I mean, I think at the end of the day with with you look at music and I've talked about this before, how you know, you can't Go to someone's garage and make an Oscar-nominated film, yet. But with music, you could go make a Grammy-nominated album in a garage with just one other person, and that's that's been done. It's a fact, you know. So, I think maybe as how you're talking, like, I think it will eventually get to that point where someone might be able to make an Oscar-nominated short film with just two or three people. Yeah, like, why not? You know, it it is like there's been other crazier things that have happened, um, and I think at the end of the day, too, when we're talking about. You know, what will it be like in 10 years? I mean, even in just L.A., I think a lot of the people who came here for the Internet or came here for social media will end up leaving because they realize they don't need L.A. to be on the Internet. Yeah, You know, and that's even just from my own friend group, from a lot of the people I came into L.A. with at my at the age I came in with, a lot of them have left already because they realize Oh, I can just I can make more money at my home in this other state you and mean save more money. <laughs> and <look laughs> also no, but also make more yeah. money because like they're not having to spend it. So technically they are making more money or saving too. So same yeah. thing, but I mean it all comes down to goals. I've talked about this before, but if your goal is to just be big on the internet, you could do that anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. As long they as you got connection. That. Yeah. There's some of the biggest YouTubers don't even live in Los Angeles. You know, they're making crazy amounts of money. But for, for instance, I want to be a writer. I want to be an actor. You know, I want to be a director someday. And I can't do that in Virginia right now. I have sure. to be in LA. I have to be doing mm-hmm. it. I have to be in the ins and outs of it all. So that's just me though. That's just personally what I want in my goals. So, I think, you know, as time goes on, people are going to start figuring out their goals and understanding that they don't need to be in L.A. to be on the Internet.
2: Well, we talk about technology a lot, and I do do agree that the technology is moving so fast. Who knows what it's going to be? Because, I mean, I just did a commercial where they had this thing called a Cobra, and it was a camera. The the camera was like uh, – it was a long cylinder, and it was connected to a a robot. Right. You know, and then they they set it up. It was like first position, and it was like uh, second position. And then, all right, action. We did seventeen takes like this because it was just like, you know. Yeah. And I thought first thing I thought was, well, there goes somebody's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was yeah. my, that was my first thing. I yeah. was like, because before I'd be like, okay, first position, and it's like three guys got to move the thing, and right. all these people, you know. Now they're just like one guy at a thing. They still had a focus guy, and I thought, well, that guy's going to be gone soon too. Right. Yeah. And then so yeah, there will be like you know yeah. you know you'll be like you know we won't need these clowns. But then I'm the kidding. access. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
1: then the access to get to that technology alone is going to be very expensive until time starts to until it's till it's not until it's not exactly so I, even then it's still going to be such a not accessible thing except for the gate. I don't know. I think mm.
2: it might come come around because I remember when
0: uh, I, I had headshots. Remember we had black and white headshots. Yeah, I be mean, look. And then the color. There's it. drones now <laughs> that are doing what I. Needed a helicopter to do 10 years ago. Right, the, right. the technology that's, that's is so true. changing and uh, the, the things you'll always need. If you want to blow something up, it's always going to be expensive. If you want a f- mansion, you're always going to have to find someone to give it to you. But there's ways to make good movies. First of all, there were made to make movies back then for little money. But yeah. now there are ways to show your talents really easily. Get them out instantaneously and if you're good you'll rise to the top well the pandemic I think did that for a lot of people you know they made White Lotus
2: which I don't know if you watched White Lotus oh White Lotus is one of the best shows. I one of the best shows ever it's just so good my buddy I was on a show with Jake Lacey uh, who who, plays the husband he's you know amazing. he's so amazing you know and uh i got actually want to get him on the podcast um but they you know it was like oh, how can we make a show in a pandemic and yeah. it was like oh we'll go to hawaii yeah. we'll bu- make a bubble and we'll make sure that everybody here is uh, tested and they said we can still
0: s- they can fi- we'll find a way I but mean, at the bottom line is you need mike white yeah I mean, wrote something that was that good yeah. and then the, obviously the actors and then the four which i was just at the four seasons of maui which is amazing yeah. but the show was incredible you know and uh but uh, the point is is People can go out and make things really inexpensively now, and that's what they should be doing. If you have some talent or think you do, go do it, and, and you'll know quickly, by the way. If it, it, Mike White has now made two things that I
2: love dearly School, School of Rock, of rock which is, is great too. Which one? Enlightened. Lord oh, Dern, yeah, that's right. right? He did yeah. make that. He's but fine. School of Rock and, and uh, White Lotus, uh, School of Rock, I can, if you turn School of Rock on right now, at any point, I could sit, I'll, I'll sit and be like, oh, I love this movie so much. So, yeah, he's you a know. brilliant
0: guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. She made like this really dramatic, like, you know, in-depth. He was also depth. like a survivor contestant and amazing race, also. He like went on those shows. Really? As what? He's a really <laughs> interesting dude. Well, uh, there, there it is right survivor. there. Survive. Yeah. I, I could never do Survivor. I would never want to. I would never want to do (laughs) (laughs) Survivor. I cannot. Like I said, I don't like
2: to leave my house.
0: (laughs) <laughs> put bugs on my head, you know?
2: That'd be a great show. They just, like, you know... they, they Take the people who just can do not want to leave their home. But, but that, how they would do it, though, is they would come with, like, you know, two guys would come get him, put a bag on his head, and he would just wake up in China. And be like, like, what What am I doing? Yeah. Like,
1: Room Raiders, except on steroids. Remember that MTV show, Room Raiders? Oh, no. What? Okay, yeah. now I feel old. What are you talking about? There was a show where, I mean, it was probably scripted, because this, this show was in, All a, that stuff is in existence now, then... But they would go to their friend's house, grab him, put him in a truck, and then someone, his other friend would go through his... uh Room and like find and embarrass things and put out black light on his room and all this stuff and he has Ooh. to sit in a <laughs> sit in a van watching it on a video. It's it actually got kind of dark. I like that. This is on MTV though. Well, this I
0: honestly I remember it's got to be fifteen years ago. I saw like a Dateline and they were showing reality shows from like Germany and the show was like where these three guys are hunting. It's a prank show and one of them like fire. This is before reality was really there. Maybe twenty years ago and one of them fires his gun and all of a sudden he hears oh! you know and they pretend he killed like his friend. And oh, and no. this is a prank show, and I remember watching it, going, "This is the end of modern civilization." <laughs> and, and then the reality <laughs> really started coming in. But now I wow. watch, it, and then like so. you got like
1: punked and all that stuff. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher is starting a whole new idea of it. Well, that it. was like,
2: I, I remember that era where it was like uh, it was a writer strike. You know, and they couldn't get the writers to write anymore because they were like, "Hey, we want more money, we want more say, or whatever it was yeah. at the time." You were a part of that, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And then they were like, "Okay, well, we're gonna do reality." And then the reality came, and it was like all reality shows. Yeah. But then they started to go, "Oh, you know what? We're not making any back end on reality shows because yeah. nobody's watching." reruns of survivor 10 right you know what i mean yeah that's a good point yeah, so that's then, a really good so way then to they were put it
0: like, Ugh, we need these writers but they're, but they're, <laughs> but they're working this there's, there's a lot of reality on and and you know they don't cost a lot and they don't have to pay the contestants anything so you know yeah. it's it, it well because now they
1: know what the con- now the contestants know what they can get out of it yep. and then contestants will get all these hundreds of f- thousands of followers from it then they're gonna make their own brand deals anyway so they're gonna make their money yeah, anyways Because
2: food network people i love those things but it's also um, like for
1: instance i literally just finished my first ever full season of bachelor in paradise i've
0: never watched really a lot oh, of reality so tv so why are we talking about that it it's great it. what do you think you like it <laughs> i honestly See, my loved problem it. with bachelor in Paradise, i i uh, my girlfriend it's now three years the first year she would bring like 20 good-looking women over to watch bachelor and bachelor in paradise every monday so i'm like this is Great! I don't leave my house. Beautiful women come over the house, and then you're the like pandemic host. happens. <laughs> yeah, I was the host, and now somehow I'm stuck watching this. Sh- just the two of us every week, and it's horrible. But there are some good ones. And you're talking food. I mean, I got into Master Chef like four weeks ago, <laughs> which I've never seen. A Gordon Ramsay, by the way, who is Ari Gold. He's nastier Dude. than Ari Gold yeah. ever was, and I love it. I've watched. I think I've watched like a hundred episodes of Master Chef in the last yeah. three weeks. Yeah. When, <laughs> like, I, that's when that's I get bored, literally,
1: when I get bored, I just watch compilations of. Him going off on people. He's
0: awesome. He's awesome. You he, should watch Love Island, but the UK or Australia versions, if you like. It's so much better than Bachelor in Paradise. Is that the
1: first that came out before or after the American version?
0: Before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love any reality show that is
2: sort of a psychological experiment. I'm a yeah. huge Big Brother guy. I've been watching I've Big never Brother. Never seen Dalf it. For like, it's such a great psychological experiment. Love is Blind was a good psychological. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: but 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 nonsense. Why? Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, they were crying these people fell in love they never saw each other it was phenomenal did they fall in love i they did they're married some of them i, yeah, mean, I don't it's... think are they still married? we gotta yes. do a follow up i on mean that. i thought it was great i, I mean thought it was actually well <laughs>
2: you know what i love about you when i went, to, i really and i bet you yeah. i bet you you are pretentious as f- in some ways maybe for things. <laughs> okay you know what i mean and then at the same time you like i i you
0: have your guilty pleasures i'm low rent i don't even want to put myself as pretentious because i i will try any of these sh- I mean, one of the best, marrying millions. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah, but these are it's shows. Phenomenal. That, I know. <laughs> <laughs> is that about? a reality show? Yeah. It's like th- I mean, this, this guy, literally, this guy who like lives the cost on a skateboard. Has won the Audi Award. A hell. A Award. What are
2: you doing? I don't know.
0: I'm so sorry. This guy who like literally lives on his f- skateboard gets this rich woman who's you know oh, lives wow. in like a seven million dollar house in Seattle, and is like a, a normal working woman. And this guy's basically homeless. She's moving him into the house, and and. His parents are telling him like he can't be with this woman, you know, like because uh, you sound like it's this, not this good is for my, him.
2: This is it, my 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 that's my ninety day fiance obsession. I haven't seen it. Oh, don't start that way <laughs> because you'll never stop. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this though. But if when you're watching a
0: show, a scripted yeah, show, I judge. Can you turn your b- b- brain off? I can turn it off when it's great, you know. Ah, like I know exactly. Yeah. I got like when I see White Lotus, <laughs> I am only thinking. I wish I could have made this. And you, there's not a lot of stuff I see that I don't care what, what anybody else's opinions are. When I see something that I go, this is so good. That's when I go, God, I wish I really dug in and try to write something this good. But most of the shit I see that people talk about how great it is, I can't stand. So you know,
2: I, as a performer, I find this is what I this is what happens to me. If I'm watching something and it's, or I just it doesn't grab me. Let's not say it's, it doesn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Then I find myself watching and I do things like this. I go, ooh, that must have been a tough day. Uh, that was like six setups right there. Yeah. that was a day.
1: You watch it from like the you reverse engineer it.
0: Yeah, yeah, as I'm you like, watch it. Oh, oh, I do I go, oh, that was a setup. See, I don't, I don't do that. As soon as I'm out, I'm out. I turn things. Oh, you off just turn it off. Got it. I'm done. And and it's there's only that's so much time in the day. That's the pretentious part I'm talking about. But it's not. <laughs> it, it's honestly, it's not pretentious because I'm not saying that I know or I don't know. You either get me or you don't, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're a man who knows how you
1: want to spend your time. Yeah, that's. I guess that's mainly what it comes. Most of it
0: is stoned watching master chef for love island
2: australia you know i love watching you know? these like food network things and then you find out like how big the food network is because like somebody will go on a cooking show they'll win some competition and the next thing you know they just opened up a restaurant mm-hmm. in minnesota and they're yeah. like the head chef and they had this thing yeah. and i go oh this is like i love a niche audience yeah <laughs> uh, i mean it's that's big. what it is
0: it's big and people love food and uh, you know but what i'm i'm getting so fat watching master chef it makes me want to eat every. That's the one thing I don't like about eating –
1: or about watching food shows is that I just want to – bake or make food yeah. and or And there's nothing make.
0: healthy they're doing. They're like more butter, more salt, yeah. more <laughs> sugar, more this, yeah. but
2: yeah. no yeah. one wants know. to watch the vegan, you know, yeah. cooking show. They probably have one, but yeah. I haven't yeah. seen. Yeah. It Nobody either. wants to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants. So,
0: do you are you since you're a homebody are you cooking a lot? Do you cook or Yeah, like, do or do you order in? I you know what, this pandemic, I, you know, my girlfriend would be horrified. We started cooking together and then she started getting really good and I just started getting to edibles, so I would just Crash on the couch, and she was really, <laughs> really good to me to make me a lot of great meals during this thing. That's so. the
2: opposite for me. My chick moved in with me, and then I started doing cooking. I started right. cooking, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would enjoy it to the point when they reopened restaurants. And I remember going to a really fancy, like Morton's or something yeah. in Beverly Hills because they opened it up, and I was like, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. As much as I enjoy, like, having to prepare everything and then experiencing
0: the meal. I love, I don't like cleaning, so, you know. The cleaning is the worst part of it. And, you know, and then you watch Gordon Ramsay, like, a dirty chef is, like, you know, like, evil to me. You idiot, like, clean up your station. But I mean, like, I, I, I... like to cook i don't like to clean but i i'm the same way as you like the only times i would go out before the pandemic i love to eat and go to restaurants and so now i'm like why am i sitting in this restaurant for 400 bucks you know getting stuff that i can make at home you know
2: because you know, i'm bougie too like i'm a creature of comfort so yeah. my thing is like creature well, of
0: comfort yeah what a, i like that
2: so like if i'm on a flight and i feel like okay i'm in some coach seat that i'm like i'm not gonna do this You know, I didn't get the, up. I'll pay. It's like, you know, I just like, I I like going to really fancy restaurants. Mm -hmm. Not because it's like, it's It's like, I want the best. I like like the food. I want it to taste good. And and so you just like, you find yourself doing that. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, during this pandemic, I just, you know, I I find myself just, I go perform, then I go home. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, and now if I go, if I'm going on the road, which I do, I'm doing a lot right now. It's, you know, it's airport, hotel. Club hotel club hotel club hotel home. Right, you know I'm not exploring the city and all this kind of stuff because every other every other city's got different restrictions. And yeah. it's, it's a nightmare.
0: Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's
1: do tough you catch yourself now. eating when you're watching something, or do you not like watching anything when you eat?
0: No, I'm like I'm I'm like a I have to eat while I'm watching. It's bad. I'm the it's same bad. way. It's like a drug. Honestly, is that that's like my a... drug. It's my drug for sure.
1: Is that like a what? But what is that? Is that like a um? It's it's. Overstimulation, like we love that, like eating this while watching something, yeah. or is it just like us? Is that because you may be like writing too? I'm not is a that...
0: psychologist? But what I can tell you is, like, when I'm like, I get my bowl of ice cream ready, if my girlfriend is not ready to watch the show, I'm pissed because I watch it melt and I literally yes! don't want to f- eat oh until I start well, the clock the show. has started. Yeah. Once the ice cream no. goes in the well, bowl, the same thing. thing with cereal, it I gets
2: know, soggy. But we come from an era of appointment television.
1: Oh, where at 8 p.m., it starts.
2: Yeah. You can't so. just click it whenever. Kitchen, we're like, you know? hurry <laughs> up! Wow. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's our thing. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that was a beautiful thing, though. It's a beautiful thing to share a show with your loved one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You
2: know, and now that those days are gone. You know? Uh, what do you mean they're gone? Yeah. I've watched
1: with my, a you're bunch just, of you shows with my talk talk girlfriend.
2: When do. you're out of town, you don't think she's watching the next episode? Of course she's For not sure. watching the next episode. <laughs> that are that would... fooling yourself. No, no, no. That's no, like, no (laughs) that's like
1: that's like a breakup if you go and you watch especially if you're all like at season two or something and you're telling me i just wasted dishonorable but here's the worst dishonorable (laughs) here's the worst
0: part because now with netflix like i was just in arizona visiting my son at college and and my girlfriend i started a show and i like watched an episode she sees it when she goes on netflix she's like did you skip an episode (laughs) i'm like no she's like you're Lying. i'm like well no, you guys don't have your own profile <laughs> <laughs> you know what
2: maybe that's what i need i got my own profile <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yell at her i'm like because it'll be like because you watched and i'm like i didn't want to watch whatever the mm-hmm. hell that is and now my, my well, i
0: saw this on my profile because i didn't even realize my ex-girlfriend years ago i would start i didn't understand what was happening every day it was like do you want to continue watching this and i'm like oh. who the f- is why and i realized she in like in the middle she of africa in the that. jungles was watching my oh so. she had your password still I mean, there was no password. We just had she had it on her or whatever her iPad, and then she took. She never logged out. You know, you know, you know. It's so hard. Wow. To,
2: it's so hard to break up with someone now and really get them out of your life. They have back to in, in the day. Out. It was it's just. Good, it's a good thing. You just erase their number from your black book, and you're done. You never have to deal with them again. Now it's like you got to block them on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. You get their, their email, their phone number. It's it's just so tough to like get mm-hmm. someone out of your life. You got to make sure all your passwords are changed. Yep. Um, but listen, um, I can tell you got that. I got to go someplace. I got to do my on. podcast. He's got to do his yeah. thing. You got that vibe going on. We're working so hard nowadays. Like I know. Talk more now. You know? But we really appreciate you mm-hmm. being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, you, you know, so much. It's, it's been a pleasure. Did you get everything out of the note? Because Matt honestly, goes to the notebook. I, this is, I did. He's a sixty-five-year-old man. <laughs> I, am I'm,
1: I'm very detail-oriented, but <laughs> yes, I, yes. I did get honestly a lot of. the Did you get it all, all in? I got yeah. There's a couple questions, but what'd you miss? Give me one last one. Come on. Nicest celebrity you've met
0: the set. Ah, uh, I mean, that's so hard. I know, I, that's uh, why I didn't want to ask no, that No, but one. I met so many, and if you ask me this every day, but the first one that came to my mind just because it came to me, Matt Damon was like- Awesome, that's I so mean, cool. he was unbelievable.
2: Okay, better so. question. <laughs> that was
0: the
1: next one. It's me, the celebrity.
2: <laughs> Who's yeah, the one of you went, ah, I could do without meeting this person ever again. <laughs> I mean, if you met, don't want to say, that's good. No, too. no, no. I,
0: I'm not. I'm not shy. Everyone, pretty much, who came on my set wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. So anyone who was on entourage wanted to be there. I did have one story which was devastating to my life. I hope you fucking know who I'm talking about. But you know, I was sitting outside of a, a hotel in New York, and there was a kid there with a pad like this, but he was waiting for autographs. And I was like, "Who are you waiting for?" And he goes, "Jimmy Page." Please tell me you know who Jimmy, Jimmy Page is. Page. Oh, for fuck's sake, are that's you? saying f- Kidding me? i saying. Anyway, I so Jimmy Page, who is <laughs> one of the greatest guitar players of all time, Led Zeppelin. Anyway, oh. so J- I'm like, you're waiting for Jimmy Page? I'm like, I'm waiting also. So I stood there, and Jimmy Page comes out of this hotel, and the kid who looked like a nice, cute kid was like, Jimmy, let me get an autograph. And Jimmy Page turned. He goes golf kid and I was devastated now maybe <laughs> this kid was like oh. a professional autograph hound or something but mm-hmm. anyway so but I still love him and the last song of Entourage was Led Zeppelin that they were nice enough to give us so well um, that's a great little yeah, ending yeah, point yeah.
2: Out there
1: uh, we're so good much. this is uh, I'm Eric Griffin Matthew Espinosa
0: Doug Ellen. check out victory the podcast yes yeah yeah do, you have, promote? yeah do you have anything you want to promote I right have now? two podcasts victory the podcast and Hollywood Ways with Breezy he was on Empire and the um, uh, all-American. All-American, thank yeah, you. Gotcha. So, and you guys are on Fireside, too, right? We're about to start being on Fireside. Are you on Fireside? I'm about to get on Fireside, yeah, too, I'm going to talk
2: to Matt about us getting on Fireside. So Yeah, like I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's yeah, really a good yeah, I just platform. met with them, and
0: Mark Cuban talked to me about it. It looks awesome. Oh, you so got I'm the excited. Mark Cuban treatment. Wow. Mark Cuban said that, wow. that we got him Shark Tank. You know, I put, a, I put him on entourage before he was really acting. And, oh, and, that's and true.
2: Camera talent. He so, loves being himself on stuff. Yeah. Honestly, one
0: of the... Greatest
2: guys in the world That's good to hear But thanks for watching Jen to Jen And we will see you next week See you next week guys Thank you Thank you